This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Speaking to his flock in the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, we join Archbishop Alexander Sample as he reflects upon our faith, culture, and life in the church on The Voice of the Shepherd. Joining Archbishop Sample is your host, Dina Marie Hale. And now, The Voice of the Shepherd. Greetings and welcome to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample. I'm your host, Dina Marie Hale, and today we're going to reflect upon the gospel of life. As we begin with this big subject, we'll focus on a little bit today. Archbishop, please open us up with prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Good and gracious God, you are the source of all goodness and of every blessing under heaven. Give you praise and thanks for all of your wondrous gifts. We thank you, Father, most of all for the gift of life, which comes forth from your creative hand. Each one of us created and planned by you and created in your own image and likeness. And Father, of course, we give you ultimate praise for the new life you have given us in your son, Jesus. We ask you to be with us during this radio program and to be with our listeners to open their hearts and their minds to receive the word which you wish to share with them today. All of this we ask through Christ our Lord. Amen. O Mary, conceived without sin, pray for us who have recourse to thee. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. I just got the image of the miraculous yes, medal, well, you know, and I, that's and, really important. Maybe well, you, just let's open talking a little bit yeah, about well, that. Yeah, well, you know, the uh, uh, I, uh, uh, I'll share with, with, with our listeners that I recently made my own Marian consecration according to the method presented and laid out by son Louis Marie de Montfort. Uh, I've, you know, it's funny, I'm, I'm 61 years old. I've made, I think, at least two attempts at this in the past ah. to, to begin this consecratory. Because yep. it's, a, it's, a, it's a lot of preparation for the concert. It's intense. There's a lot of uh, <laughs> work that goes into it. And I've, I've kind of started and had fits and starts with it. And in fact, my book, my original True Devotion book of St. Louis Marie de Montfort, is, I figured out it's, it's probably about 38 years old. Yeah. And so I finally made my consecration, and, and uh, I made it on the Feast of the Immaculate Heart this year. Part of that, you know, we, you wear the symbol of, of your consecration, so I wear the chain, or I wear mine around my neck, uh, but with the miraculous medal on mm-hmm. it, uh, which is highly recommended. And it's, I think it's appropriate for us here in the Archdiocese of Portland. Yes. Because a reminder to all of us that our Archdiocese is consen- mm-hmm. er, consecrated to... Uh, is under the patronage of, she is our patroness, under her title of the Immaculate Conception. Mm-hmm. Our cathedral is, is St. Mary's Cathedral, yes, but it's St. Mary's of the Immaculate Conception. And Our Lady, under that title of the Immaculate Conception, is the patroness of our archdiocese, mm-hmm. the patroness of our country, mm-hmm. actually. So, uh, you know, the whole miraculous medal uh, is that image of Our Lady who is immaculate con- con- immaculately conceived. That's why the prayer that goes around the medal is... O Mary, conceived without sin, pray for us who have recourse to thee. So that's going to be my new, I mean, I've often prayed, uh, and you've heard me on the radio show for years now, you know, Holy Mary, our hope seat of wisdoms. 
I sometimes have said, our, our Holy Mother Immaculately Conceived, pray for us. I've decided ah, it's going to be my my way of, of invoking Our Lady's intercession, I think, from now on, is you use that, that beautiful phrase off of the miraculous medal, O Mary, conceive without right. sin. The response is, uh, pray for us who so have recourse, recourse to, to thee. thee. How perfect to talk about the gospel of life, because really that shows, and I think that's really what angers Satan the most, is that Jesus came in the womb of a human, the Blessed Mother, but she was prepared fully by our Lord, by being immaculately conceived. By herself being immaculately conceived. She was immaculately conceived to be the perfect vessel so that Jesus would have flesh and be divine Mm -hmm. as well. And as we talk about the attacks of the flesh, I guess what comes to mind is St. Paul, who reminds us about, you know, we'll have the spirit or the flesh. Which one are we going to go to? Are Mm -hmm. we going to go to the spirit, which gives us eternal life, or will we bow to the flesh, Mm -hmm. which leads us to um, To destruction and death? Yeah. 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 Let's open up a little bit. When we say the gospel of life— and I, I think about Pope St. John Paul mm-hmm. II when I hear the words gospel of life. He's my vision yep. of, of that of that teaching, of reminding us of the Well, promise. he wrote that beautiful encyclical letter, Evangelii yeah. uh, uh, Vitae, you know, the, the gospel, gospel of, of life. Of life. Yeah. Right. What should we know as we begin our Christian walk, or maybe we're re-beginning? You know, there's always a renewal. Our country is now facing mm-hmm. a renewal mm-hmm. with this um, turn of not giving abortion constitutional rights for the country. Right. It's a, it's a new beginning. It is a new beginning. Say. And I think, you know, um, for many of us, the Dobbs decision by the Supreme Court, which over, did overturn explicitly overturn what was a very flawed legal decision, uh, the Supreme Court in 1973, the Roe v. Wade decision. So the Dobbs decision explicitly and intentionally overturned that Supreme Court decision, basically arguing that it was wrongly founded, that there is no constitutional right to abortion uh, that is that is protected by the U.S. Constitution, therefore protected in every state. Prior to Roe v. Wade, you know, these decisions were made on the state level. Uh, you know, each state would have its own mm-hmm. laws with regard to, to the regulation of abortion, um, some outlined it, others having, you know, in limited sense. But once Roe v. Wade came along and basically the the justices in 1973 found mysteriously and, and uh, legal scholars, even, even those who are pro-abortion actually will acknowledge Ruth Bader Ginsburg was famous for saying that, that the Roe decision was, was, was very flawed and was, and was susceptible. She predicted this day that the decision would fall because it was not it was not founded properly in the constitution there's no there's it was it was a almost an invented constitutional right to an abortion that then precluded any state making any restriction and so that's what's been challenged over these years and now that the Dobbs decision has come down uh, there is no federally protected right to an abortion in the constitution so now the issue goes back to the states and the states will regulate uh, abortion, um, you know, uh, according to their own mind. Of course, you know, sadly, uh, you know, we all rejoiced in this. I mean, my heavens, I've been uh, praying for this for decades. Mm-hmm. We've been working for this for decades. It almost, honestly and truly, I was wondering if in my lifetime I would see the overturn of Roe versus Wade. And here it is. It's happened. It's, it's, almost, it's almost surreal. 
but it's such a was such a great day of joy to to see this ultimate protection of human life. But sadly for us here in Oregon, it doesn't make any difference. Right. Because Oregon has some of the most radical pro-abortion laws in the whole country. So, you know, sadly, uh, the right to, to abort a child is, is very strongly protected here in Oregon. Uh, so we're not going to see anything, you know, in, in, in the near term here change in Oregon. But throughout the rest of the country, many millions of lives will be saved now. Right. that otherwise would have been terminated and, and killed in, in the womb. You know, the Holy Father, Pope Francis, just uh, as we're recording this uh, a couple of weeks, maybe before it's actually going to air, the Holy Father was just r- responding uh, again to this question of abortion. And he uses the same phraseology, and it's a very shocking, striking image that he uses. He says, going for for a woman to go to a doctor to to pay a doctor to abort her child is the equivalent to hiring a hitman. Mm. You know, that's yeah. pretty bold language. You're hiring a hitman. And he said, you know, the the the, the killing of an unborn child is is never the solution mm-hmm. to a problem. You know, killing another human being is never the solution to a problem. Yeah no matter what that problem might be. And, and, I, and I, I'm not taking anything away from the horrible circumstances that some people face with uh, an unplanned or, or unwanted even pregnancy. Um, I won't say an unwanted child mm-hmm. because no child is ever yeah. unwanted. Yeah. Uh, but maybe an unwanted pregnancy or mm-hmm. a crisis pregnancy, we would say. Uh, yeah, the, some of those circumstances are horrible and, and, and are heart-wrenching. But the answer and the solution to the problem isn't to kill. Uh, and I think that's where we've kind of been at mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in the last decades. So, but, you know, and, and, and the, the thing about the gospel of life, though, that St. John Paul II uh, would speak about, yes, abortion is a preeminent issue. And the bishops have clearly identified abortion as a preeminent issue because it is, it is the foundational right upon which all other rights are, are, are founded. I mean, the right to life, mm-hmm. the right to exist, the right to be is the most fundamental right. I mean, you can't, and I've, 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 used, I've used this little way of explaining it many, many times, that, you know, we, we talk about human rights in our culture and society today. And, you know, I, I, get, I get pushback, quite honestly, a lot from even people who identify themselves as Catholics who, who just really are upset that the church makes such an issue out of abortion. And it's like they say to things like, well, you know, all you seem to care about is the, is the, is the unborn child, but you don't care about anybody after once they're born, then, then, then you know, you don't care about them. That's just a, a red herring argument. It's, it's, it's illogical. It's not true. It's a lie. It's a deception that pro-life people, people who have been fighting against abortion for decades, don't care about life once it's born. You know, we don't care about those issues. We don't care about, you know, having adequate health care for people. We don't care about making sure people have enough to eat and food. We don't care that, that, that people have an, a right to a, a good and decent education or economic justice, you know, that somehow we don't, or, or victims of racism, that we don't care about the victims of racism. That's just a lie. It's a deception. And it's a, it's a smokescreen. We care about all of those issues, and that's, 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 that's important to realize that these are all part of the gospel of life. The gospel of life is really about the respect for 
the dignity of every human life, every human person, from womb till natural death. It's, so it's, it's, it's all one. So yes, the church, believers, disciples of Jesus should be concerned and decry the, the horror of, of racism or about economic inequalities that, that are oppressive. And, you know, we're always going to have economic inequalities. But, I mean, those things that are, are abusive of people and are unjust and, and, and use people as a means to an end. You know, John Paul II was one that was very strongly against any form of, of, of government or economic system that would put people in the position of being used as being tools in the hands of others for profit. You know, the, a human being is, is a human being created in God's image and likeness. You know, the, we do want to make sure everybody has a, a, an opportunity for a good education and have that, that step up, if you will, in life. Yes, we want to make sure that people have access to adequate health care and, and food and shelter and clothes, all of these things. But, but, we cannot talk about any of those rights for a person who's not been allowed to be born. Mm-hmm. You can't talk about the right to economic justice for a child who's never allowed to, to, to be born. You cannot talk about the right to decent health care for a child who isn't allowed to see the light of day because the child is snuffed out in the womb. In other words, the, as I said, the fundamental right upon which all other rights are based is the right to life, yeah. the right to exist. And I quite honestly just don't understand what is so complicated about that and why people can't see that? It's, 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 to me, it's so obvious. It's so in your face. It's so, um, it makes so much sense. It's, it's so logical. It's, it's true because it's true. Mm-hmm. It, because it's true that the right to life, the right to exist, you know, each and every one of us started in that way. You know, and I think I listened to, uh, I listened to an a interview with a politician the other day on, on the radio. I was listening to the radio news in the wake of Ro- uh, the Dobbs decision. And the reporter was pressing this politician, a female politician, on the question of, well, do you think then a child uh, should be able to be aborted up until the ninth, you know, into the ninth month of pregnancy? Now, in the ninth month of pregnancy, that is, there, there, there's no doubt. <laughs> if anybody has any doubts about when a, when a child in the womb becomes a human being, and I, there is some debate about that, the church clearly teaches and believes from the moment of conception, conception there is a new human life that must be protected. But others argue at different stages. Well, in nine months, nobody's mm-hmm. arguing. Nobody's arguing that that is not a child in the womb. Right. This reporter could not get this politician to say that, yeah, in the ninth month, certainly no, that the child should not be killed. Could not get the politician to say that. The politician kept skirting around it. Well, no, this is a medical decision, everything else. That's a child. Mm -hmm. You're talking about killing a child with perfectly formed body, Mm -hmm. its own fingerprints, its own heartbeat, its own brain waves, its own uh, sensitivity to pain. Yeah, to me, I I just, I I can't get my head around it. I really can't. I think your quote when you say our goal is to make abortion unthinkable really is what comes to me is there has to be a change of the heart because it's such an emotional, there's such politics wrapped around it, so many things that only when the heart, 
will really receive. And isn't it interesting, maybe providential, that the decision came, was it on the feast of the, the sacred, sacred heart, heart of, of Jesus. Jesus Christ, that, you know, by his precious blood that poured forth from that sacred heart, that that will help to purify. And I think that's where our prayer has to lie. Well, you know, the, the interesting thing about it was, and this was, this was really kind of fascinating, that the way this all lined up spiritually. Mm-hmm. The the Dobbs decision striking down Roe v. Wade came on, as you said, the solemnity of the Sacred Heart of Jesus on Friday, that Friday. But the day after the feast of the birth of St. John the Baptist. That's right. And the birth of St. John the Baptist by date should have been on that Friday. Yeah, but it got moved. But because it's (laughs) the solemnity of the the Sacred Heart, it got bumped to the day before. That's right. And then following the next day is the, is the solemnity of the, uh, the memorial of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Mm-hmm. So you've got this, these, these days uh, surrounding this decision. And, you know, the birth of John the Baptist, you know, from, from his womb. He leaped He leapt in his, in his womb, womb. Yes. Uh, with joy at the coming, uh, at yes. the approach of Mary carrying uh, Jesus. You know, I mean, to me, it's, it's, that's, that's just not, that's not coincidental, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But it is, you're right. It's, it's about... It's about when I when I say that we want to make uh, we want to make abortion unthinkable, I mean that in two ways. I mean that in one sense that yes, I would want people to see and respect the dignity of the unborn child in the womb. You know, even our president, mm-hmm. in a statement, uh, said in referring and when the Dobbs decision was leaked, the president of the United States made the comment that. He talked, he talked in his statement, I don't remember the exact words right now, but in his statement he said, the choice to abort a child, he was talking about in abortion the right to choose to abort a child. He didn't say to abort a fetus. He didn't say to abort a, a, an embryo. Even he, whether it was a Freudian slip or not, mm-hmm. He he knows we're talking about aborting a child, and so yes, I want I want I want it to be unthinkable. Mm-hmm. I want it to be unthinkable in anybody's mind because this to me is is barbaric. We rightly decry and 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 mourn the the six million plus Jews that were killed during the Nazi horror, the Holocaust, the Shoah. We rightly abhor that and are shocked by it. We rightly are saddened and, 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 and grieve the millions upon millions that were killed in the years of uh, 20th century communism. Stalin, I mean, he exterminated more, he exterminated more people than, than in the Holocaust. We rightly abhor these things. Where is the, the, the outrage at 63 million plus mm-hmm. unborn children who have been killed in the womb since Roe v. Wade, and just in this country alone. Right. You know, so I want it to be unthinkable. But mm-hmm. I also want it to be unthinkable in this other sense that women won't have to make that choice mm-hmm. because there will be people around her to support her, right. to love her, to help her, to nurture her through what may be a very difficult pregnancy, a very difficult time of carrying a child, maybe even helping with, with an adoption of that child. In other words... Yes, I want it to be unthinkable in the terms of let's let's understand what this really is, folks. Mm-hmm. This is the 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 termination of a human life. 
uh, the taking of an unborn, innocent human life. But I also want it to be unthinkable in the sense that a woman won't have to be faced with that choice because there will be enough resources and support and, uh, for her. And I hope, I hope the church does a lot of that herself so that a woman can be supported through a pregnancy, nurtured, helped in any way uh, to be able to bring that child to full term. And whether the mother decides to keep the child or whether to give the child up for adoption, but that the child is, is able to see the light of day. So we need to be there, you know, to, to make it unthinkable because a woman won't have to make that choice because mm-hmm. there will be enough resources and support for her to not to have to, 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 to wrestle with such a horrible decision. Right. Right. And, I, and, and my heart goes out profoundly to those mi- women and men out there whose lives have been so tragically affected by abortion. You know, I cannot talk about <clears throat> this issue ever without <clears throat> mentioning that I know many women, uh, and and men as well, but but particularly the women, who have had uh, been felt like they were forced to make this this horrible decision in their life, the the wound that that leaves, and Planned Parenthood and pro-abortion forces will try to do everything they can to deny that there's any trauma associated with a woman having an abortion. That's just a deception. That's just a lie. Mm-hmm. You know the wound of a woman feeling that she has no choice but to take the life of her unborn child, that is a wound that is in need of healing. And healing is there. Yeah. And that's that's what is so important. And, and, and I would want any of our listeners who themselves have tra- experienced this in their own life or maybe know somebody who has, nothing is beyond the reach of the mercy of God and his love and the precious blood poured out for that forgiveness and healing that they so desperately need. And I just encourage anyone who's in need of that healing to really find it and, and, and come to the church, come to a priest, mm-hmm. uh, uh, confess, uh, receive the sacramental grace of forgiveness and mercy. Uh, get those resources that can help you through post-abortion trauma uh, and, and find that healing uh, that, that really needs to happen. God does not want anyone to, to suffer with that horrible burden uh, placed upon them. And God's mercy knows no limits. We can't do anything. We can't do anything to exhaust God's mercy. Mm -hmm. We can't do anything that makes God look at us with anything but the greatest and most profound and infinite love. Even something as horrible as as an abortion, God doesn't look uh, upon the person with disgust, but pours out... Uh, his his abundant mercy and love for his beloved children, yeah. even when we when we stray in in such serious ways, he's always there for us. And and I want women and men to know that that healing is is available. God's love and mercy is there for you. Please don't 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 labor under uh, that 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 burden. And there are so many ministries. I know I've had a chance to take part in the Rachel's Vineyard Retreat Ministries, and I've been part of those retreats and to be with women and men who have been in, in, impacted by abortion, but to see the healing that comes through Christ, through community. It isn't a one-on-one. It's about community. And so I think, Archbishop, as we have a couple more minutes to close, is just the invitation to continue and to bolster our ministries, our volunteerism, our support. We have a wonderful community of pregnancy uh, support centers, ultrasounds that are going into different, I think of the Knights of Columbus, Mm -hmm. that continue to raise money to bring ultrasounds because when a woman sees that ultrasound 
and she mm-hmm. sees that heartbeat and she mm-hmm. sees that baby, then nothing's mm-hmm. going to tell her otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, so our, our need to continue and maybe expand what we're doing. Well, this is, as we started the program out, uh, Dina Marie, this is, this, is, this is not the end of anything. Yeah. This is only a new beginning of a new uh, battle that must be fought in defense of human life in its most vulnerable and, and fragile of all forms. Because uh, now this 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 fight goes now to the states, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't quite honestly I'm I'm at least in the short term I don't have much hope for us here in Oregon, uh, but maybe someday we'll get right-minded people elected to public office who will will s- begin to see the need to 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 protect and and defend human life. But you're right; it's a community that needs to come together in support of those who who find themselves in these situations. And it's sad that you know the pregnancy resource centers who are providing help and assistance to women in a crisis pregnancy, who want to do everything they can to love and support these women through a very difficult time, are the target now mm-hmm. of the pro-abortion forces in the wake of the, of the Dobbs decision. They're attacking the centers that are trying to provide help for women mm-hmm. uh, to support them through pregnancy. And in states where maybe this is going to become illegal, at least at certain stages, those resource centers are going to be all the more needed to support right. women. You know, some of our churches have been, uh, one of our churches here, All Saints Church here in, in Portland mm-hmm. was attacked. And, and uh, you know, what, what was the thing that was painted on their sign? If, if abortion isn't safe, neither are you. That's threatening. Mm-hmm. I, the, the Catholic Church didn't make this decision. You know, the Supreme Court did. And uh, now we've been praying for this for a long time and advocating for it, but, but it's, it wasn't our decision. And I think that, you know, I heard some saying, well, now in the wake of this decision, many women will die. Many will die. Wait a minute. That's what's been going on for decades now. Many have been dying, not, mm-hmm. not, not necessarily the women, but their, their unborn children uh, have been dying. So it's, it's kind of a strange way to say it. Now that this decision is here, many are going to die. Well, many... Many have been dying. So I just want uh, us all to be praying for advancement of the pro-life cause, but also let's be praying and helping in a practical way, not just with prayer, in a practical mm-hmm. way, those women who are in need of our help and our love and our mercy, either from uh, post-abortion healing or to be supported and loved uh, and given the resources through their pregnancy. We need yeah. to step it up. We need to do a lot, lot more. Yeah, and I guess at a local level, if we can just look at what can I do in my own parish community? Right. How do I support within the Archdiocese of Portland, those of you in the Archdiocese of Seattle? Let's work together, and it takes one of us at a time to just say right. yes, and we'll continue to keep people updated on particular ways that they can respond to the gospel of life. Archbishop, with that, would you please help us close with your sure. blessing? The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon all of you, your families and loved ones, and be with you this day and forever. Amen. Amen. And thank you all for joining us on The Voice of the Shepherd. We look forward to sharing with you again soon. For Archbishop Alexander Sample, I'm Dina Marie Hale. And until our next encounter, may God bless you. You've been listening to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample a production of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. To subscribe to this podcast and access to all of our past shows, visit moderndayradio.com. Please email your comments and questions for the show to info at archdpdx.org. 
Learn more about the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon online at archdpdx.org. Peace be with you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.